0: Christ above us, Christ below us, Christ before us, Christ beside us, Christ be with us. Amen. Please be seated. I don't know if you grew up with uh, these photos, not these photos, of course, but these paintings, uh, prints of Jesus on the wall. Um, most of the Sunday school classrooms I grew up in had this one print of Jesus. It's about this big um, and I don't know if you ever noticed this about those portraits of Jesus, but the eyes kind of follow you around the room, wherever you go. And so as we got older, the joke was, Jesus is watching. Um, and you know, I even like sometimes call those, the, that particular one that that's in most uh, white churches, uh, I jokingly call it Jesus O'Malley. Um, because he looks like an Irish Jesus, and I think it probably came out of uh, Anglo-Saxon, you know, cultures, English English churches or Irish churches or uh, something from the White West, of course. Um, an interesting thing about pictures of Jesus, and you can check this out when you go home today, um, occasionally I'll download icons of Jesus from different cultures, and in uh, there's a Korean Jesus and an icon that comes out of Korea where Jesus is written in the icon and he looks... Korean, and then of course there's Afrocentric versions of Jesus that um, I saw all over the walls in the mostly African American church that that I um, was priest in charge of for a few months before I came here, and and so uh, you know it, it doesn't take a lot of imagination to understand that you know whatever culture that we're in, a lot of times we project upon this person Jesus uh, aspects of who we are when when really the 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 real Jesus, the one that I, I saw in an article that made its way around online, uh, I think it was anthropologist, uh, has Jesus looking really North African, um, very dark skinned, very, very dark skinned, um, very, very tight hair, um, really doesn't look anything like us or like uh, the Jesus O'Malley of my youth. Um, and, you know, I think there's all these different versions of Jesus because uh, like the Greeks in our scene today, we all want to see Jesus. I mean look around you there's historic proof that churches invest a lot of time and energy and artists invest a lot of time and energy in making it so we can see Jesus with our eyes. like these Greeks in this story, we want to see Jesus and it it, it Bear some thought, you know, what is it that brought uh, these probably Jewish uh, Greek folks, Hellenistic uh, Jewish folks, to Jesus' disciples, um, coming from within their own crowd of folks, stepping out and coming up to some of Jesus' inside people and saying to them, we want to see him. And we don't really uh, hear about them having a meeting with Jesus. There's kind of a Humorous chain of command. You know, he asks someone and he asks someone and he says, Hey, Master, someone wants to see you. And so I wonder, you know, what is it that made them want to see Jesus? I mean, kind of like us, uh, some of that desire comes um, out of uh, things that we know about him or things that we have projected upon him from our own lives, things that we sometimes are missing, uh, we look for in Jesus don't we? Sometimes those things are pretty aspirational too. I know that's something that I grew up with. Jesus was this this picture of holiness, this picture of piety, this picture of union with God that was pretty impossible for someone like me or like any of us really uh, to rise up to. Um, and so we also look for inspiration from Jesus, too, don't we? This, this, this absolutely loving person who uh, shared of himself and was able to love the unlovable. And sometimes I, I see from y'all that, that you are able to do that. I mean, I'm living proof on some days. Um, but we are all uh, in this place able to love the unlovable at times. But even that has its limits, doesn't it? this aspiration that we have for Jesus can be frustrating. Um, And even the inspiration can be frustrating. And what became even more frustrating for me in my walk with Jesus and in uh, the the things that I heard growing up um, is this whole notion uh, that Jesus addresses in the last part of this scene today. This notion that, Uh, This Jesus that we want to see, this Jesus that we will soon see as we head into Holy Week, this Jesus who suffers and dies a horrible death uh, at at the hands of human beings like us. Um, We ask the question, you know, why do we need to see that Jesus? And this question was answered for me um, in in something that, that we've all heard, this notion that Jesus was uh, a much-needed remedy for the wrath of God that humanity sinned and God's honor was violated or God's wrath was incurred upon us. And so Jesus threw himself upon the cross and in front of that wrath to save us. This, of course, got very difficult for me because it meant that God was angry with me all the time and that Jesus was The only cure for that anger, there was some sort of economy at work that uh, God had to be satisfied. And so because God had to be satisfied, God gives of his only son to satisfy this debt that I owe God. And this for me became very frustrating and very confusing. And so Jesus actually contradicts this within this story and sets this right. Because the Jesus that we read of in the Gospel of John is not about this economic view of salvation. He's sometimes about inspiration and aspiration, of course, but he's about something much, much bigger than that. Jesus says today that he will be lifted up. and of course, it's a reference to what we read about last week in Moses. perhaps it's also a reference uh, to the cross. But he doesn't say within this, I'm going to be lifted up to satisfy the wrath of God. No. He says that when he is lifted up, the powers of death will be defeated. The evil one will be chased out of this world. Something will happen in this place in which we live when Jesus is lifted up. And so this doesn't point towards a wrathful God it points towards a very good example for us to follow. It points towards something that, that we are already doing in this life. And something that Jesus did more so than any other human being. Jesus, this God incarnate, God's self here on earth, gave of himself for us even unto death. Jesus, God incarnate on this earth. Gave of himself with self-giving, self-sacrificial love. And this wasn't just something to aspire to. This wasn't this nice thing that Christians ought to do. This was something that is cosmic in its effect. This is something that drives out death and drives out evil. This is something that his disciples were already doing. It's something that we are already doing and something that we can continue to do with God's help this self-giving kind of love is such that it changes the very nature of reality of the reality in which we live so we all want to see Jesus don't we and as we approach holy week next sunday we all will see Jesus but perhaps now now we can see Jesus with a new set of eyes see Jesus, see a Jesus that, like the Greeks probably encountered, was much more than they ever asked for in that request to see him. It was certainly much more than they ever could have hoped for or expected.